Hey, good evening, everyone. John Henry Soto here, along with George Batista. Welcome to Counterparts, where we spotlight conversations with creative minds and inspirational and in, uh, incredible minds. And today we have Derek Vanderhorst that's going to be on the show. His story is incredible. Um, his music is awesome. We're so excited to have him on the show. So please just hang on tight. Come on back. We're going to have some fun today. All right, we are back. We had a little technical thing, George. I don't know if you noticed that a couple of the pages there were a little a little funky, but this is live, man. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna keep rock and rolling here. Um, I'll correct it while we're having a conversation. Um, like I said earlier, um, Derek Vanderhorst is on the show today. We're uh, really excited, and you know, George, I know sometimes I go a little bit too long at the beginning, and you get upset. You send me texts. <laughs> but so we're just gonna get started. Why don't we give some love to our sponsor, and then we'll uh, we'll get Derek up here. Of course. All right. So, as uh, everyone knows, the Counterpart Show is brought to you by Wellness Resources, a family-owned and operated nutritional supplement company providing the highest quality, clinically formulated supplements since 1985. Find out why Wellness Resources supplements are the top choice of health-conscious individuals around the world. Go to myvitaminresource.com. And if you enter the promo code counterparts, you will get free shipping on every order. Okay, so let's, uh, I'm so excited today. Let's talk a little bit about our guest, Mr. Derek Vanderholst. So Derek is a singer-songwriter, sound designer, and re-recording mixer for film and television, including the Academy Award-winning uh uh, Academy Award nominated No Country for Old Men. Derek knows firsthand the power of a new lease on life. Being diagnosed with stage four head and neck cancer in 2016, he was told he might lose his voice or worse. In that moment, he knew he could no longer put his lifelong passion for music on hold. Now five years cancer free and after many hours of vocal rehab, Derek has reclaimed his voice as a folk Americana artist and can be heard on his latest album entitled Wildflower. Now with a post-cancer outlook on life and a renewed dedication to music and songwriting, Derek hopes to inspire others to find their voice and relentlessly pursue their passions. And folks, if you want to really see an inspiring story and a story about perseverance, definitely check this gentleman out. So without further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Derek Vanderhorst. Oh, that, was, right. that was that was quite an intro. Thank you. <laughs> awesome, like, awesome. Who is, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, such an honor to have you on. Like guys, you know, we uh, we dive into the lives of uh, of our guests sometimes, and we're like, holy cow! You know, we're like the what's happening with music and the power of music and the the challenges that people go through that we just we don't know it's so wonderful to have people like you that were that not only were able to go through what you went through but also document this journey with this beautiful music that you put together so thank you so much for being on here we really appreciate your oh, time yeah. and i appreciate you guys having me on yeah thank absolutely you. yeah so like i mentioned before we went on george likes to be official 
like this. Good. <laughs> you could it, you know. you Somebody's got to keep want. it together. Somebody's <laughs> got to because I'm a. I'm a yeah, bit. I'm not. I'm in Nashville. I'm in Nashville. Organized, and you know, I need organization. <laughs> so, George, I'm going to turn it over to you for our first question for Derek. Yes. So, you know, again, it's just just tremendous honor to have you on the show. Um, I, you know, I want to kind of get into all aspects of your journey. I, I like to start at the beginning. I want to know, you know, growing up, your your love of music and and you know, was there music playing in your house all the time? So, what got you into it? And you know, kind of d- detail your journey growing up. So, my grandfather uh, from Syria, and he played something called a rabab, which is a string instrument that can be bowed, um, and. So I grew up with him playing the rabab when I saw him. Um, but as far as musically, um, it was, I, I grew up in a very religious household, uh, like Southern Baptist. So, but um, a bunch of very white people like me. So we couldn't sing or do it. <laughs> the music was terrible. So <laughs> I was pretty shielded from music. Um, until we moved uh, neighborhoods and about nine or 10 years old, my neighbor, his mom was into like Blondie and ACDC and like all these things I'd never heard before. Oh, so man. I used to go over there with the tape cassette and like recorder records. Yeah. And I got a little Walkman saved up and got that and uh, just mowing lawns and delivering papers or whatever. And then I would just take him into the bathroom and listen to like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, th- these records on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I had always kind of played piano. Okay. That was a very safe instrument. So I was allowed to do that. Um, so I played piano and then, um, as a teenager, my best friend, Arthur, who, uh, I just played with a few days ago, uh, show up, up in Greeley, Colorado. Um, he started playing guitar and then he taught me guitar. And so then I kind of, fell in love with stringed instruments from like banjo, um, mandolin, uh, which I'm not very good at any of them, but I love playing them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that was kind mm-hmm. of the, uh, the, um, the start of my music career. And then I went to university and tried to study music, mm-hmm. um, jazz and wasn't very good at it. So I ended up in the engineering side of it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, when I was 20, um, I left university and went to San Francisco and started a band and we had some success. It was the Rosemary's, mm-hmm. um, toured with them. Um, and then we, or I left the band, uh, a couple of years later, ended up in Los Angeles and pursued music and then found out film was kind of a better way to make a living than mm. music as, um, musicians know it's sometimes tough. Right. to make a living touring. I remember like going to our man or our uh, record label and they'd have bagels out and I'd just be stuck in my plastic bag with bagels because <laughs> wow. we'd never have any money. to go oh, over. Man. I, right. We'd take them on the road with us in our crappy van or whatever. <laughs> you, you guys know, I mean, it's, it's yeah. like every musician's yep. story, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So. I, I wanted to ask you because uh, just go and go back a little bit again um, on the song, you know, listening to your lyrics on Wildflower, um, yeah, they're they're very well crafted. They're very they have a lot of really amazing um, 
I'm sorry. Those are my kids. No, I love I love when kids come on. That makes it real. That's awesome. uh, or yeah. dogs. Right. <laughs> yeah, either one. So <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. So when you went, what was the first piece of written music or, or um, lyric that you remember when you were younger that really was like, oh, like, because I remember when I first heard and understood someone wrote these words and then they played music to them. And, you know, I mean, I was very young and my grandparents always had records in the house. They were all Spanish. But when I realized, oh, somebody wrote this song that this person sang, like Elvis didn't sing, uh, didn't write his song, somebody wrote it. And it was the first time I realized that these are written by someone. Do you remember the first time that you understood the lyrics like that and how it, it, that it impacted you? I think you said Elvis, and that was the only records we had in the house. Oh, wow. Um, so okay. I didn't know he didn't write his music at the time. Right. Um, so I assumed he didn't. I used to watch the Elvis movies. They were yeah. terrible, but they were great right. as a kid, right? Like, <laughs> right. I just loved watching them. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, like, the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, right. Eleanor Rigby, tunes like that. Yeah. You, like, you listen to them, you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, who thinks of these lyrics? I know. Um, so I think that was kind of my first, like, mind blown. But then I was really into, like, The Cure um, mm. and R.E.M., you know, bands like that. And then kind of when I was in college, my first year, I was 17, um, I saw um, Wings of Desire. Do you guys know that film? Vim Vendors. It's an expressionist film, but Nick Cave was in it. Okay. Um, and if you're familiar with Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, mm. I watched it and I was like, what? Like, it was crazy to me, like seeing <laughs> music like that. Now it's probably played it safely over the loudspeakers. But back then it was insane. Like it just like the lyrics were, were like insane to me. And I like, I remember buying his album and just like reading, opening it up so I could read yeah. every lyric as he sang. Um, and then I got into Tom Waits, you know, things oh, like yeah. that. Kind of the singers. I'm Bob Dylan. Yeah. Neil yeah. Young. So I kind of, I was like new wave, goth, um, and um, and folk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's just, I, I just kind of <laughs> like music. So um, yeah. it was whatever I was drawn to at the time. But I remember like Nick Cave specifically, R.E.M., yeah. um, listening to their lyrics. Yeah. I mean, eponymous. I didn't even know what that word meant. Right. Right. I was like, what is that? Are they making things up? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, uh, there, man, there's so much great music. I know. And right. then I loved, like, New Wave, like, Devo was, like, mm -hmm. when I first heard Devo, it was like, wow. Yeah. It was so cool. And well, then, I, you know, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, just like, you know, New Order, Joy Division, those kind of bands, like, everything. Yeah. I, I just, we were so fortunate because, um, like our music, I say our because we're usually probably about the same age. I just remember that era just had so many different variety of music that was all good. Like you mentioned, Devo, so good, Bob Dylan. I mean, those are two sides, yeah, of totally different, you know, yeah. but yeah. good stuff, you know. And we were just yeah. so fortunate that we were actually because now we're in this weird situation now with the TikTok music and stuff. And we end up talking a lot about 
music and the, the, you know where music is and where music was and we did a whole show on is on, do you know who rick beato is no so he does a online uh youtube he has got he has a very successful youtube channel and he kind of goes through songs and stuff but he did a whole episode on old music um beating new music on streaming platforms so 70% of all music that's streamed on these platforms is old music. Old music, old I'm music. 30 yeah. year old, 40 year old. There's, you know, and the new stuff is yeah. just has a very, very short shelf life when it comes to these streaming platforms. And it's, that's it's a I, lot to wade through, too. There's, there's so much mass. It just, it's, yeah. it's like a mountain on you. You can't really yeah. digest it all. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it just shows you how great that music was and still is because it's yeah. just, still so relevant to, to so many artists today. Um, I'm going to let George ask a question. No, just a comment, just a comment on that is again, you know, John and I have talked about a lot about it. It's like, you know, my, my music again, you know, seventies and eighties is really my sweet spot uh -huh. for, for the, for the music. And it's funny because you, you remember where you were. And it's funny the other day uh, I had uh, sent a message to John because I had, <laughs> I heard a song that I hadn't heard since I was a kid. And I remember my mother driving me to school and that song being on a lot. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, I haven't heard this song in so long. And the yeah, yeah. he's like, yeah, I have that on my playlist. I have it on my playlist. I know. I was like, wow. telling you, I was just what song to was this? It was, um, what was the song again? It was, um, the name of the song. Uh, it's one of those songs that if I hear it, it automatically right. hits. It's not like from the 70s. It was sort of like, hello, yeah, it's been a while. Been a while not much. Oh, you know, that type of thing. It's like one of those. One of those. Yeah. That you just remember as a kid, you know, you don't necessarily go and buy the album, but you're like, man, that's just so part of our youth, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I heard I, Never Never My Love the other day. Oh, I think wow, the, the association. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, man, I haven't heard man. this forever. It's such a beautiful song. It is. It is. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, George, I'm going to let you ask a question. Yeah. So, <laughs> thanks, John. Appreciate it. Um, so, so, what about? Um, so, you get into, you know, after I guess within that time, you start getting into the mixing side of things and, and that type of thing. So, yeah. did you did you kind of have a love for that, or was just you know? And obviously, you get into film. So, how how did all that work out for you? It, um, I think more because i was a total nerd and really into computers uh, okay at the era where film was just starting the audio part of it was just starting to be done mm -hmm. on computers okay and so there was kind of this and it was older at the time people over 30 <laughs> i know yeah. it sounds ridiculous <laughs> who like we're work, still working on mag on film right and so i went in did a couple of shows on film and then on two inch um, just kind of learning how to edit and then computers came along and I was you know since I was a little kid um, I had the TI 994A and a VIT-20 and a Commodore 64 so I was always into computers yeah. and then the Macs came along and they had MIDI yeah. um, so I had a really at that time a good understanding of, um, of computers and the digital audio workstations were um, a pretty natural fit for me mm -hmm. so it let me kind of move up quickly at the time um, into sound editing, um, which is like, I mean, you guys are, do film, so you're familiar that like music might be 20, 30, 40 tracks if you have a symphony, 
um, and everybody's mic separately. You're probably right. 40 or 50 tracks with drum yeah. percussion and everything. Mm-hmm. And then film will explode out to 1,000 or 1,500 tracks. Right. So it's like music on steroids where you have to like wrangle all these separate, you've got dialogue, ADR, which is the recorded dialogue after the movie shot. Right, right. These things. Foley, um, Foley sound. Foley backgrounds, like so, yeah. just air. Right. Air, air exactly. And then you see the leaves and then, okay, now we need leaves. And then if there's trees, there's probably birds. And if there's uh. birds, there's... So it's on and on and on yeah, um, yeah. with the tracks. And um, I love puzzles and I love technology oh. and I love film. Okay. Um, and I love music. So it was kind of. Um, Perfect storm. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And so when I got into it, I was like, oh man, this is the coolest thing in the world. Like yeah. I get to deal with music and sound effects. And I got to record, you know, I got to go record like Mustangs and things at the time, like old 68 Mustangs. Ferraris and all these old cars. And then I got to go onto airplanes, um, you know, like military helicopters, things like that, and record them. And I was like, oh, this is the, I'm in heaven. So that was kind of my, like, I got sucked into film very quickly. Yeah. uh, Because of that. Yeah. That's so great. I wanted to ask you about um, Wildflower because there's this, um, it almost feels like when you were, when you were writing it, there's because you work with images and and music it almost like there's a lot of image imagery in the music itself so when i was listening to it i was you know i had the images of like um the particular song called i don't mind that i really love that track by the way that, that's really oh, cool. thank you yeah that's a really yeah. really cool track and and wildflower the title track is also yeah. awesome um but you, it does have like almost an arc the whole record and you remember in the old days where you get a record and it was actually themed and there was an actual, yeah. all the songs kind of fit together and, and you have this amazing arc within your album. Was that, in you know, can you talk a little bit about that, of how you, you put that together? Are we, and a little and, bit about your journey, obviously, as yeah. well. Yeah, it's funny because I'd never written lyrics before. I'd always just been a guitar player. Really? Sang, sang before. So that's actually very shocking, actually. Yeah. yeah, I'd never that was this was my first go into <laughs> writing lyrics. And the way it happened is Man. um I'm gonna this is a I mean it sounds like a tangent, but I was diagnosed with head and neck cancer stage mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. Um so the world is so spread out now, and all our friends and family are kind of everywhere. And going through those treatments was um like pretty devastating and exhausting i was you know in bed so i started blogging about that and um i think that's kind of where i started that was my like i'd I'd never written i'd never like you know um even like day to day like my fiance will write every day and i'd never done anything like that so that was my first kind of entrance into writing and when it's something that personal Right, right. And that horrific, like you can't be anything but honest. Right. Yes. I mean, yeah. I think I wrote like when I was I was in a punk band when I was like 17 and we had songs like Too Much Sex, Not Enough TV, you know, things like that. <laughs> like we would just write the dumbest lyrics we possibly right. could. Um, so <laughs> I'd written maybe songs like that when I was 17. Right. But right. nothing since then. Yeah, well. Um, because I was, you know, the Rosemary's and stuff there, like, those guys were amazing songwriters, amazing mm-hmm. lyricists. And then I was in Leaf and a couple other bands where, you know, the singer 
um, was, and actually the keyboard player, Glenn, wrote these amazing lyrics, and I was always very intimidated. Mm. I was like, man, how do they do that? Because wow. I wrote like some stupid song when I was 17 or whatever. But right. um, so getting that honest and that personal, like immediately, um, I think that's kind of what led to my songs being stories about either what was going on in my youth, like kind of reflecting or what was going on uh, with the head and neck cancer and then my life, how it got turned upside down during right. that. Um, and then COVID hits. So right. all these things were a perfect storm for um, songwriting, I think, or any art really. Right. Yeah. 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 So it, it, it's interesting because you, the, I've heard songwriting is like, you know, and I'm not a songwriter. I, John has written, you know, many songs, but I have to assume it was like, a, it would, that was the, like a therapy for you, right? It was just, there was such a power in that, right? Especially from what you were all going through at that point. It was. And I'll, I'll be honest, like I, so I sat down, we all got locked down, especially probably in LA and New York, right? Mm -hmm. Um it didn't seem like I'm in Colorado now. It didn't seem like they even had COVID here. So I don't know what they were doing, right. uh, but <laughs> we got locked down and we really couldn't go anywhere. We would walk around the block and then go back home. Mm. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to learn guitar. Um, and I'm going to just try and write a song every day. So I did that for 150 days. And then the songs that are on wildflower and most of them were terrible, like terrible. Like that, that's the process though. That it's that, the process. So it's just process, yeah. exercising that muscle, Absolutely. right? Yeah. And then um originally, so going through head and neck cancer, it's chemo and radiation. Mm -hmm. And then um is it cool to talk about this? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the the radiation when you have head and neck cancer, and mine was here, um, on my tongue, and then it uh, metastasized over mm -hmm. into my neck. Um, the way to get rid of it is to burn it out of you. Right. So the radiation is basically giving you a third degree sunburn every day for, um, you know, two and a half, three months. Jeez. So I lost the ability to like swallow, eat, um, talk. Like I, I would like be able to whisper a little bit, but with no volume. Um, so my doctor was really worried that I would lose my voice completely. Um, and then after the radiation treatments finished, um, it took me about three or four months to be able to like drink soup again. Um, I would like, if there were any particles in it, it would get stuck in my throat mm. and I could probably speak in like, you know, very fragmented sentences, um, sh very short sentences at least. Um, and, I decided to take voice lessons to see if I could strengthen the muscles because you have the three, you know, muscles mm -hmm. right. uh, for, that control the vocal cords. And um, so it took me about six months or nine months before I started taking the, uh, uh, the voice lesson, maybe even a year before I started taking the voice lessons. And I basically did it online, which is a terrible idea when you're trying to <laughs> heal something. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like watching YouTube videos for that. But I learned guitar on again on YouTube, which was great. 
But if you're trying to heal something, right. um, that was probably a mistake. So I did that like, you know, once a week, just went onto YouTube to try and do the little exercises. And then maybe a year after that, I found a teacher who um, specializes in kind of rehabbing the voice. And he had lost his voice and rehabbed it and had a good understanding of that. And then COVID hits after, you know, six months of doing this. And when we started, I might be able to sing one line and then I would choke. And oh, wow. I, by the way, I don't have wow. saliva. So that's why I'm drinking water all the time. Oh, okay. gotcha. Because they burn the, uh, you know, the salivary sal glands with the radiation. Wow. Um, so um, I, I did the, um, the lessons and I started writing songs and then I would send them to my teacher with my buddy Max. Um, and Max is a great singer, great musician. He's a composer in Hollywood as well, doing a lot of films now. Um, and my teacher was like, eh, yeah, but you're going to sing on the album if you do an album. And I was like, nah, well, we'll talk about that. And he kept saying that and I kept sending him songs with Max. And I was like, yeah, but you're going to sing on the album. Wow. And, like a year and a half after that, this was still during COVID. I went into a studio because, you know, in a studio, you're in a glass box and then the engineers in another room. Um, and I recorded the vocals and I think I did 13 songs, two takes each in one day. So it was that kind of a progression after a couple of years with the teacher, like from one line to being able to sing. I'll, you know, as long as I want now. Right. That is amazing. Yeah. So was... that, that <laughs> I'm trying to like wrap my head around the mindset of pushing yourself through that, that moment, you know, those first moments, like seeing the mic in front of you, walking yeah. into the room, picking up that guitar. Right. It's like it's there, being yeah. in class naked, right? Right. I mean, yeah. You guys have yes. done this. Yeah. Like yeah, acting, you know, yeah. what you've done and, and music. Um, you're literally, you, especially the first time. Yeah. It is um, It's like, I don't know, it's the most like open you can possibly be. Right. And it's, um, it's a really scary experience anyhow. Right. Um, and then my voice has changed so much from the radiation like yeah. i i used to i mean i never sang but i could always kind of hit high notes now mm -hmm. um you know i'm starting to work on um getting a little falsetto integrated back with my you know with my regular voice okay. um but it's uh it's been it's been tough tough yeah. and long and it was um quite uh vulnerable for sure as it is anyhow right exactly yeah. um i want to actually talk about the uh the album because you wouldn't <laughs> there's a lot of things that wouldn't you couldn't tell you couldn't tell that this that you weren't a writer that you haven't written for years and years i thought you were uh, just a songwriter uh, and you are a songwriter um and your your voice is really great i love mm -hmm. what how you communicate these these songs because you can really feel them you know and you mentioned tom waits earlier um, and I was like, yeah, I could, I can feel that energy. I could feel the, you know, the Dylan, um, you know, influence, yep. but at the same time, yeah. that message and that arc was really powerful. 
Um, okay. Can you talk a little bit about some of the songs, like individually, like what they represent? Sure. And, and, and the first song, uh, Can't Fall in Love With You, which to me was really like, whoa. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Well, can't, cancer changes things. Right. Yeah, right, right. I was yeah, like, wow, right. okay, well, he's, 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 uh, he's letting us know, yeah, putting yeah. it all on the table. I was like, I love it, you know, and that just kind of, that almost like, it, it wasn't, it was some humor in there, you know, as well. Yeah. It was, it was very tongue in cheek, but it was very straight forward as well. And I like I to say it's a, it's a cheeky. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I loved it. I, I loved it. So talk a little bit about that. So when you go through cancer and everybody's experienced it, right? Like mm -hmm. with a family or a friend, right. or like, like it's a horrible experience. Yeah. But what is amazing is your friends and family. And like the people would come, like my friends Beth and Rick would come and drive me to treatment. My uh, uh, picture editor I was working with, this guy Troy would come and walk my dogs every day. Like all these people wow. were, um, my buddy Eric gave me like a box of rocks like these polished rocks one to throw out every day of treatment until wow. the rocks were gone so like oh, and there's so many stories like this wow. so many um but the person who i was closest to um couldn't be there in the way that i needed her to be mm -hmm. mm. so um that was that was a song for her <laughs> about that wow, wow. <laughs> and it's i funny. wanted it to be cheeky and not mean no, no. I mean, um, it was, it, it, it communicated, but, but it is heartfelt also. It is 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You know, it's one of those songs also that you can also, when you, when I listened to it a, a, a quite a few times and you could also, it could also be talking about yourself on certain things that like, I was thinking about myself, like a song like this, I could, if I, like, if I was writing a song like this, I would think about it, something that I was, 20 years ago, a mistake that I did. And I'm writing a song to myself, you know, and I kind of looked at it a little bit like that kind of reflection, you know, nobody has mentioned that. And that is actually true. Like I, it's also that, that story. Like, okay. I felt like that I, I wasn't felt... there for me in the way that yes, I yeah. needed mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. Yes. Also. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's what I was thinking. I was saying like, wow, it's either someone who wasn't there for him or maybe a combination of both things but it, it is something that i i yeah. did feel with that that was a, a very very well done uh song i loved it oh thank you george you want to ask something because i'll just yeah uh, but and, and yeah, yeah. definitely she, i want to i want to definitely dive into some of the other songs as well but a quick question i had again regarding that journey so um i think i i, I had seen you talk before you um i, I want to know about that mindset that you had where I think you mentioned that an oncologist actually helped shape the way you thought about it, uh, where yeah. you just kind of, he just basically said it's either this or this, right? And, you know, yeah. you could either just, you know, succumb to it or you can actually fight and do it. And, you know, and that's that mindset, right? Because, I mean, I've, I'm in the health space as well. Yeah. I've actually worked with people who've, who've been diagnosed with cancer and I've had to, you know, not only on the nutrition side, but also you become kind of a counselor. A little bit with that sure. as well you yeah. know and you're helping them with that mindset helping them hey you can do this you know you this this is where we can fight through this and that type of thing even people in my own family that i've gone through this with so yeah. 
Um, talk a little bit about just kind of that mindset of saying, you know what, I'm going to do it and, and I'm going to get on the other side of it. And, you know, what you were thinking at that point. Right. So his name's Dr. Glaspie. He's mm -hmm. a world renowned oncologist for chemo. Right. He didn't handle the radiation side, but he handled the chemo side. And he was an um, accidental therapist because his bedside manner is terrible, but he's like, <laughs> He's like one of those geniuses where yeah. like, he just doesn't really know how to communicate in the real world. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but he did say something when I walked in, he's like, I was like, so what is my life now? And he goes, well, it's going to go one of two ways. You're going to walk out of here. Well, three ways you're going to die or, or live. So, and mm -hmm. if you live, mm -hmm. you're going to walk out of here and you're going to um, blame yourself, blame cancer, live in cancer, always be afraid of cancer. You're going to go through depression. Your whole life is going to um, revolve around cancer. Or you're going to get through this and it's, you're going to go through hell because there's really no more painful um, uh, treatments than what you're about to face. But once you're out of it and we talk in two years is like, you're going to have um, changed your life completely. You're going to have like a whole new lease on life. You're going to appreciate every day. You're going to make something much bigger of your life than you ever thought you could. And he's like, I want you to make the choice before you leave the room today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, you don't have to tell me, but I want you to make the choice before you leave. And so that really hit, like, I was like, wow, this is going to be really painful. But my feeling was if I could have the most painful treatments and live, it's much better than having, you know, mild treatments and dying. So right, right. Um, right. I took that as like, all right, well, it's going to be painful. We're going to get through this. It's going to suck. It's going to be horrible. Um, I don't know that I'll ever be glad that I had cancer or, or have that conversation with him. But he was right because we did have that conversation. And um, life is much better after an experience like that. Right. I literally wake up every day and go, all right, what cool thing can we do today? That's nice. awesome. Wow. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. I yeah. think about every day. I think like I wake up and that's my first thought. Like, all right, I got to do something cool today. That's and then here I am. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Here with us. amazing. So yeah. cool. You know, uh, the power. I want to talk a little bit about the power of music. It's uh, George and I geek out on these things. Um, yeah. as far as like you know, spirituality and the power of music and how it can change a person, uh, physically sometimes make them feel something that they didn't feel before. Um, that element of it, you know, did you feel that that was part of, I mean, the treatment, obviously, you know, the medical treatment that you need to handle that. How important was that musical side where you were actually sitting there writing and was that a healing process as well? Even it, just playing the guitar and touching it again. Wow. I was like, I, because I always like we talked, you gave up guitar for a while. You had a family. Mm -hmm. things happen in life where you just kind of you don't have time or you don't make time you don't you don't make time music yeah. yeah yeah um so i always had that feeling like 
why did I quit? Why did mm-hmm. I like, mm-hmm. but I never, I mean, the film industry is brutal. Um, hours wise, you work and work and work and seven days in a row is insanely stressful. Like everything about it is um, exhaustion. Right. It's super cool. But, you know, when you have 20 people sitting behind you, it's the only job I can think of where 20 people sit behind you and like just yell things at you how to do your job for hours on end, you know, 15 oh, hours. Like, turn that up, turn that down. I can't hear that word. And you have to like, so you're like always on. It's almost a performance. Wow. But you're also managing like who's the most important person in the room. And so it's all this kind of stressful <laughs> stuff. And you're at the end of the $100 million process. So if you blow it, like it's it's a bad thing so you have a lot of stress on you so i never like went home and was like i should do music Mm. i went home and wanted silence or Mm. just to sit or get on a bicycle go mountain biking or just kind of be in nature that kind of thing and um i just let music slide you know for 20 some years didn't play the guitar at all um so it was I felt like a kid again, picking up the guitar. I felt incredibly youthful and I was like, oh yeah, this is what life is about. It's about music. And I'll bet you had the same experience a little bit. Like it's kind of a giddy, silly feeling that you're like, oh yeah, the guitar. Like I don't take it that seriously, but I take it very seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it is for me. It's an extension of who I who I am, you know. And yeah. I so I sort of like left. I mean, I've known George. We were kids, you know. We started playing as kids, you know. So the fact that it just wasn't part of my my life, it was really strange, and almost like there was this missing right. brother that was that yeah. I just couldn't see anymore, you know. And yeah, it is. It's an old friend, or brother yeah, it's an old friend. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it is. There yeah. again. I remember. I do remember actually, like doing a, a run, like a, just a little run, and you know, being like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot I can do that." And I was at George's house once. I don't know if you remember this, George, but I was. We were in the living room, and I think I picked up the guitar and I started playing. And your your wife came out and she was like, "Is that John?" Is that John? <laughs> and then I and then it, it hit me. I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that I can actually." <laughs> I can actually play pretty good. That's amazing. And yeah. yeah, and I just and you know slowly, you know, but it was a slow process for me. Obviously, you know, um, I didn't have the the this you know the the journey that you had, you know, um, but still the music did change and fills a void, you know, and yeah. just makes my life better. Right. You know, yeah. it just makes my life better. You know, it's like the same thing with my films and and my the music and my kids and going to a nice restaurant and eating a meal and having a laugh and doing this show and meeting all these great people, you know, you know, that's, life is about fulfillment and filling just time and space and connecting with people and, and other, you know, and that to me, so it's all of it to me is, is so important, you know, yeah. and to, to really feel that. So I totally, and art, I art is kidding, connection. Man. Right? It is. Your films or your music, it's a connection. And for me, it's a chance to talk about the cancer and like to be supportive of people going through it. Mm -hmm. I talk to people all the time um, who are going through head and neck cancer. And it gives me a license. Like before, if somebody told me they had cancer, I'd be like, oh, dude, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Now I can actually have an honest conversation about it. Right. And even more honest through music. Yes. 
and art and it's um it's really a beautiful kind of thing right yeah oh i love yeah. i love it yeah. yeah i mean it's communication you know and and yeah. music that's how we communicate film you know we're, we're artists and an artist has to create and that's one of the reasons why we we have the show is spotlight conversations with creative minds that's what yeah. we want to do we want to spotlight these uh these amazing uh, uh individuals um george did you have uh no, a, yeah, if you yeah. so i was i wanted to talk a little bit about the um the album and i know that tracy said you might maybe play a song i don't know she, she it's hard a, <laughs> it's hard to get me to put the guitar down these days oh you want me to play a song, right? <laughs> no, i would we would love it we I would, would be happy to play a song yeah uh, awesome awesome so yeah so I want to talk a little bit about the uh, you know the overall arc and is there one specific song that when you hear it or when you play it you're like that really describes exactly this journey? Not there's not one like uh, I don't mind is more about like. Um, being able to connect to people again after COVID and going through right. that, mm -hmm. like isolation that we all went through. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a great song. And um, Hillbilly Princess is about my youth and going to a religious school and right. being in like black pants and red, white, or blue shirt and American flag tie and like riding public bus all embarrassed and like just a very like heavy presence from that mm -hmm. school in my life. Um, and then meeting a girl who like kind of bucked that system, even though she was in it mm. um, and like kind of changed my way, like flipped my way of thinking a little bit, you know, all those. Um, so playing uh, like baby, I love that song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's about a good friend who is an actor and went, you know, is very self-destructive mm. um, and watching that self-destructive behavior when, they could be on top of the world, right? Uh, you know, we, we all kind of defeat ourselves sometimes or sabotage ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And it's kind of dealing with that. And I've done it so much in my life. And so it's also about me. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, no, I, 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 it's at different times. I like different songs more. Right, yeah, that that, that yeah. makes sense too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're at uh, forty over forty minutes now that we've been uh, going. So um, time flies. Um, would you like to uh, play a song? Yeah. Do you guys have a request? Um, well, I mean, I I, I do like uh, even though I know, <laughs> but you know, can't fall in love with you. Is, is oh actually, yeah, is actually Let's, a really good song. <laughs> Let's do that one. Okay. So, yeah, this is about, like we talked about, mm -hmm. going through that, uh, the, the breakup, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody who couldn't be there for me. These old shoes were like an old last friend. Haven't got a thread or stitch to mend. Old same true, no place like home. Walls are empty and I'm left alone Never did like the clothes I wear Never liked the way I come out 
Never understood why I held your hand. Never liked the way my talk say that. Never really thought that we grow old. You close the door, left me in the cold. Never understood the words I sang. Never really listened anyway. You never really listened anyway. There's one thing that I can't do. Fall in love again with you. Only thing that I can't do. Fall in love again with you. Fall in love again with you. Watching as the crows fly high. I've got the freedom on my mind. Girls in the corner smoking cigarettes. I sit a gasping for my breath. When you're gone and it ain't too soon. You took the air out of this room. You took the air out of this room. Never really thought that we go you close the door of me in the cold never understood the words I sing never really listened anyway you never really listen anyway there's a thing that I can't do fall in love again with you only thing that I can't do Fall in love again with you. Fall in love again with you. Nice. Wow. Fall in love. Thank you. Fantastic. Wow. You know, it's, I mean, he, 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 the lyrics is like of someone who's been writing music for, for 30 years. That's oh, unbelievable. Nice. Yeah, lyrics are are very very good, um, and I love the the whole presentation of everything that you're doing. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you: um, Is are you working on like putting a, a a band together? Are you gonna do some shows? Are you touring? I've been. I just played. Um, <laughs> I just played in California. Played a couple of shows. Played the. Um, oh. Awesome. My favorite place to play is um, Hotel Cafe out there. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. No. But everybody, like from Billie Eilish back, everybody's played there. Like the singer-songwriter. Like it's kind of like the holy land of, for me, of like singer-songwriters coming up. Mm, like the Troubadour so, kind of a deal. Yeah, it's like the Troubadour. Yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. cool awesome. to me. Yeah. Um, so I got to play there. I played there last week. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm playing a couple shows um, in Colorado, playing in Montrose on the 29th. And um, uh, we've got a couple more shows. I should know this off the top of my head. Um, (laughs) But I've been, like, I was playing with the band. Um, The fiddle player um, is in the Punch Brothers, so he's gone a lot um, touring with those guys. Um, And then... Um, bass player now is on tour with um, Bruce Springsteen, so it's um, I can't I can't beat that. <laughs> like I would go, I would. He's busy. 
yeah. He's definitely busy. So I now I'm playing solo because um, it's easier for me to just kind of go out. I might bring a fiddle player with me or something. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I it's become more of like a one man show a little bit where yeah. I just tell stories, um, play music. Uh, it, it's become more of that, and I'm super comfortable playing. Yeah, uh, just me and a guitar. Uh, so I've been really enjoying that part of it. And then I'll, you know, I'll put a band together for bigger shows or, yeah. um, yeah, big, big events or something. Yeah. Well, that's what makes it so engaging is the, the, you know, the, the storytelling with the songs and, and the songs just being so well written and having so much imagery in them, you know, that the show really, you and a guitar really is sort of like Springsteen and a guitar, you know, is pretty much. Oh wow! You'd be okay. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's my favorite thing to see artists, um, like in an intimate setting, who yeah. are telling stories and talking. I love it because you see bands and like it sounds like the album, and it's powerful and amazing. You're like, wow, oh, yeah, this is super cool. I see why they're famous. Um, but which is amazing, also. But then also the intimate. Mm-hmm. like storytelling and like you know because that's what folk music is right right it's right. um it's storytelling yeah um and where you get a like just hang out with 100 or 200 people or something and then you get all hang out afterwards um and you tell stories and then you know that's uh there's something super cool about that yeah i love that or even five people whatever it is whatever the number <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah 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 i saw yeah. um we had a, a, a guy, I was with a record label for a little while, and there was a guy who was a manager, uh, a lawyer, and he told a story about in like 1970-whatever, he was at Asbury Park, and he went in, and he saw this guy come up on stage, and there was about five people in the audience, and he did the most incredible show. He played for like an hour and a half, and it was Springsteen, young, five people in the audience. He was sitting at the bar with his girlfriend at the time which is his wife now um and he played like he would he like he'd play he was playing at a stadium he went up there he was just him and his guitar and he said man this guy's really good you know <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah he is. a few years later he was like i already saw this guy <laughs> if he works hard if he works hard so all your dates and stuff can be uh on your website can be found yeah, go, so it's derekvmusic.com and then okay. you can um uh, like my instagram and all that is on there as well i'm not um and if you sign up I promise you don't get inundated with anything because I'm really bad about <laughs> my social media presence and my online presence. Okay, well. Yeah. Um, I, I need help. So if any young people are out there who want to. <laughs> well, I'm actually not a young person, but, but uh, I, I actually work as a social media manager for an organization. So I'm, well, we should I, I, talk. Definitely, I definitely will be there for you. I'll help you. And, any, whatever and you I need. come to Nashville a bit, too. Okay. Oh, uh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's some great places here to play. So I'm East not- Nashville is kind of the coolest place yeah. right now, right? Yes. Uh, uh, my buddy, do you know Steve Poltz? Uh, I don't. Um, okay, he lives out there. He wa- he wrote Jewel's first album. Oh, wow. By the way, mm-hmm. if you want to see an amazing performance by one dude in a guitar, um, he it, it's incredible. His storytelling is amazing. He's oh. hilarious. Um, 
but he's he's on tour. I think he probably plays 300 days a year. Or so that's awesome. Um, yeah, he's amazing. Um, so I go out and visit him and some other people. Okay. Yeah. Well, now I'm here, so you got to come visit. Oh man, I would love That'd to. Be yeah. Awesome. I love, love that to. city. Absolutely, yeah. Music City. I love it. So we're at 52 minutes. Um, what one of the things that we uh, we do here is we also ask our guests. You know, um, having been the last two years with what the current, uh, you know, struggles that a lot of people have been through the last two years, um, you understanding struggle. Um, do you have any words for our audience, like any words of, uh, you know, encouragement, not the not the you can do it, you know, but something that's that, that they can take with them that will be uh, tangible um, during these unsettling times and as we come out of the last two years? Well, let's, I'll, I'll speak to people my age because this is a silly thing to try and like become a music star at 50. Like who does that? But it's the time now where age doesn't matter. Doesn't. Nobody cares. Nobody cares what you look like. Um, and it's like chasing your passions and chasing like your art or family or like anything that you've kind of let go of in the past. Right. Um, it's, it's, this is a great time, I think, for us to all reconnect to that or family or people we've lost touch with. Um, you know, uh, that's, it seems like an important time to do that. Um, it's all right, the, one of the songs on my album my buddy Arthur from kindergarten was out visiting me and we had a buddy, Jimmy Height, who was one year uh, younger than us. So we met him in first grade um, and we were sitting at a table. I was like, oh yeah, let's call him. I still have his mom's number. Let's call. And we found out he had just passed away. Oh wow! And so it's like, I think for me, my lesson to me is like connect with friends, connect with family, connect with, or connect with all those things that you know life kind of lets them slip by a little bit we think we get too busy or we get into into ourselves or too into whatever too into our kids or you know just our jobs um i think it's important to take time for ourselves and um friends and you know that that would be my um, my takeaway from the last few years yeah, because it is going to be too late someday. We're oh, all right. lucky. I mean, literally, every day I wake up on this side of the dirt is a special day. Right, right. Um, and we're all. I mean, how many people are going through depression and like Oof. just yeah. crazy, yeah. like all this stuff right now? It's really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know what you said was perfect. I mean, you know, it is right now a time when we can look at maybe reconnect with that part of us that we lost either in our own creative side, but also friends and family that maybe we just didn't connect, you know, just haven't seen in a long time. And you think you have time, but you know, we're going to run out of time. It's just going to happen to everyone, you know? Nobody yeah. We're a second away from the end. All of yeah. Us. You know, and it's like, yeah. it's, it's like, why, why not do that? You know, I, I tell George, yeah. all, you know, when we're doing, when we're having conversations, I'm saying, what else are we going to do? We're here. Exactly. We're not waiting for life to start. We're here. Let's just, let's just make things happen, you know, and, and help others get there as well. 
Right. Yeah. No. Every time I have that, oh, I should call. I'm like, no, I, I'm going to call. So I just do. That's awesome. That's and great. I'm terrible at texting and email, so I actually pick up the phone. I go old school. Yeah. Nice. You got, yeah. You got the rotary? Yeah, the drive. <laughs> Hello? Like, Hello? <laughs> yeah, I love, I mean, uh, it's, what a great thing, right? Yeah, I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, Derek, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. This has been like thank a you guys, man. Honor. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. awesome. And we'd love to have you back again. We're... We're, anytime yeah and have some and play some more songs and talk some more music we didn't really get into some of the things that we george and i like really the music industry and the current we we, we love to talk to artists about that as well so maybe you come back at, at some point and we can have that conversation i would love to because i'm super excited i know everyone's down on the industry right now but for guys like me it's no like, i get to reach the whole world i, I in, our, is- in our first band we took cassettes and we would like cut out and then yeah. we would color them in, and then like, I know, I know. forty-two people would get the cassette. And now, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, this it. is the most exciting time for artists. I, yeah. I think artists our age, I think, is the most exciting time. Yeah. I, mean, I remember, yeah. spending, you know, rewinding my cassette with a pen. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the pencil. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't you don't want to waste your batteries, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's, yeah, it's an exciting play. time. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 100%, I believe that. And one. music's going back to a guy with a guitar. That's right. Yep. That's right. You People know, aren't we, really realizing that, that yeah. music is, is, is uh, there's a shift happening. We've talked about that as well uh, yeah. with some guests that we've had on. And uh, that'd be a great conversation to have with you in the yeah. future. Yeah, we'll do that anytime. Yeah. Perfect. All right. All right, guys. Derek Vanderhoek, thank, thank you so much thank for being you. on the show. Yes, thank you. And you're hired. As my uh, social media. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'll accept. It. 100%. Uh, you don't know what you're in for. No, I don't. But uh, you know what? I, I can't be that bad. It's all good. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much for being oh, on. Man, Thank I you, really Derek. appreciate you guys. What a great interview. Thank you Thank so you. much. Oh, my pleasure. My all pleasure. right. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Whoa. Wow. You see what I'm Just saying? So- yeah, you, you just don't get better than that. I mean, just, oh, man. you know, you know, it's one of those things where you you see something like that and you're like, "What's my excuse?" You know, right. I was, you know? I was just gonna say that. I was just gonna say that because you know, I'll still like every once in a while I'll turn around and I'm like, oh, "I'm gonna go play something," and I'm like, "Ah, you know," and then I'll watch a YouTube video. Right. And right. An hour right. goes by and I'm like, "Man," and I'm not gonna do that anymore. You know, I mean, I've learned the lesson today yeah. and uh, really, really appreciate Derek sharing his story with us. Absolutely. And we're just blessed to be able to do this and to bring you to, you know, bring this to all of you out there. And uh, please um, follow him. I'm going to flash the uh, website again. This is uh check out his music, check out his album, uh, Wildflower, which is really awesome. And uh, follow him on social media. I'm going to teach him how to get on social media so he can actually respond to, <laughs> respond to you guys. <laughs> but we're going to have a, a great time. Um, um what was I saying? We're gonna have we we had a great time and we're gonna have a great time next week again. Absolutely. So thank you everybody for tuning in. 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next Tuesday, George Batista, John Henry Soto for counterparts. We'll see you all again. And as always. <laughs>